0: Welcome to the second of our panel discussions with members of MHI's conveyor and sortation solutions group. My name is Dave Maloney. I'm the group editorial director at DC Velocity. Today we're looking at implementing new technologies for greater decision making. We've seen that the complexity of today's distribution centers is increasing rapidly due to new technologies and higher demands from consumers. Conveyors and sortation systems within those facilities can improve distribution operations by using new technologies to collect and analyze so much of the data that's available today. By leveraging new technologies, such as the Internet of Things, data analytics, machine learning, cloud-based systems, and much more, managers are able to make informed decisions and take corrective actions that provide greater throughput, accuracy, and efficiency. So joining us today are five experts to help us dive deeper into the benefits of these technologies. And there are five individuals representing members of MHI's conveyor and sortation solutions uh, community. And in alphabetical order, they are Dan Barreta, who is a segment manager at Carter Elec- uh, Interlogistics. Mark Duncan, the marketing manager, material handling industry, OEM, North America operations for Snyder Electric. Evan Kaiser is industry director, warehousing and logistics at Rockwell Automation. Livia Prokosh is Director of Business Consulting Industry 4.0 at SIC, Incorporated. And Sebastian Tietza is Manager of Digital Transformation for Bormer Group. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for being with us today.
1: Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thank you. To begin our conversation, I'd like to turn first to Sebastian and ask you what has changed in recent years that allows companies to leverage big data more than ever before?
2: Thanks, Dave. Um, I think the biggest change that has uh, occurred over the last few years is the infrastructure has improved. So for quite some years, we've been able to collect a lot of data, but what has changed is now the infrastructure to to stream that large amounts of data, to structure them uh, real-time or near real-time, and in that way, make them usable for companies. So we're now away from you know, just collecting data, but we've made the step to actually uh, generate insights from them. And um, yeah, and that allows companies obviously to analyze their operations and uh, make decisions based on what they know and not what they think or assume.
0: Mm, That's interesting. Mark, what type of issues do we see with conveyors and sortation systems that could benefit from better uh, data analytics and predictive measures?
3: Right. So uh, any, any type of conveyor and sortation equipment um, maintenance begins with the motor, right? If, if the motor is not functioning properly, uh, nothing else is going to work. But uh, in addition to that, we see misalignment with the belt, uh, belt slippage, uh, tension control. Um, sometimes the, the rollers would seize up or you would have blockages or jams due to package uh, interference, um, you know, uh, uh, motor failure um, due to bearings, windings, uh, rotors. Um, so um, given time, uh, you know, the the use and wear and friction with any system is bound to create some failure at some point uh, with perhaps the most being a, a burnout motor as the most catastrophic.
0: Evan, let me turn to you next. The idea of industry 4.0 is well established, but yet the number of really real world examples of success that we've seen are quite limited. Why are companies struggling to achieve the results that are promised by industry 4.0 solutions?
4: Uh, Thanks, Dave. Um, Actually, I think, you know, we're on a good journey here, but I think a lot of times customers are trying to take on the world with data instead of being more specific and focused to a particular problem where the information can be utilized to drive a particular result. So as a result, they end up uh, maybe doing more than what they should out of the starting gate. And uh, then they end up in a frustrated path because uh, there's so much complexity sometimes in what they're trying to implement that uh, it doesn't get the result they're driving toward. I think the best successes I've seen have been when companies have have really figured out that it's, you know, a particular point in the operation that really needs the analytic around it, that really needs the information to be analyzed. And as Sebastian said, it's much easier now to go get that data. It's it's much more readily available. But you still got to make an informed decision about what you want to do with it. And, and I think the ones, the companies who are most focused on that are the ones that drive the biggest success.
0: Playing off of what Evan just said, let me turn to you, Dan, and ask what data points and maybe what pain points should be monitored and analyzed from conveyors and sortation systems?
1: Oh, well, that uh, that depends on the uh, your goal is, right? Uh, we initially can say speed, current, torque, position, temperature, faults, uh, whether the system is on or off. Uh, all these variables can lead to uh, a rapport that allows us to make decisions and understand what our production looks like and It also allows us to make better decisions for production in the future. Uh, It also will allow us to understand what the bottlenecks are. However, a lot of these variables are going to depend on the business model that you're developing that will be part of your digital transformation. That's why we do this. We're trying to transform a business. Um, So um, let us remember what the goal is. The goal is to reduce time, reduce cost, increase quality. That is, That is the goal of uh, digital transformation. However, in some cases, it all comes down to just keeping the system up and running and minimizing the disruption. So you're potentially going to look for temperature on a motor. For example, you have a conveyor, you get the motor, you look at the temperature. Perhaps you're looking at the uh, current. The current can tell you if the bearings are running uh, at a certain level, or if you're making noise, if you're making noise means your bearings are going bad. And that will lead to make a decision that a motor needs to be replaced. Um, So, again, it's all going to depend on the business model that you're developing. Um, But it all comes down to just maybe just as simple as getting your system, you know, running and avoiding interruptions. Dan just mentioned that phrase,
0: digital transformation. And Divya, let me turn to you. How do you see digital transformation being applied within distribution centers? Yeah, digital
5: transformation is, uh, you know, it's, Dan mentioned earlier too, I mean, there's obviously has to be a business driver, right? You, you are doing an automation, you're doing other aspects out there. Uh, the distribution center really is going through a hyper acceleration with e-commerce forcing companies to change their fulfillment strategies and uh, find the perfect omni-channel, you know, models. So digital transformation is not just one thing. It's, of course, the entire supply chain is moving around. You want a better visibility into where your products are and how your systems are running and then anything else you can pull in from the sensor level you know getting the data getting the raw data is not an issue because every sensor is getting smarter has a lot of computing power but taking that raw data and then providing analytics to it is it's what is what the digital transformation is all about right so when you talk about digitization there's a, yeah there's a big push to it. there's a lot of disruptive technologies that are out there right now that are coming into the into the yeah, the whole DC area as such, not just conveyors and this thing. There's automation. There's drones. There's IoT. There's five G. There's robotics, autonomous vehicles, AMR, AGVs. I mean, you just talk. When I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming in, and that is kind of transforming the whole whole uh, distribution center.
0: Divya just mentioned about data analytics, and Sebastian, why should companies consider using data analytics now?
2: Well. I think um, it's a mega trend. Uh, it's it's not if we if we go beyond just uh, the the material handling industry or or the warehouses, distribution centers, um, your phone, your your car, everything collects the data. And um, and I think you know similarly, uh, there there's a use in all different areas of life. And similarly, there is uh, use cases in uh, the warehouses. Uh, as Dan Barrera said before, um, it, it depends on, on the objectives uh, that a company is following. And I think we need to consider also that different companies uh, are at different stages in their digital maturity. So, um, you know, we, we want to allow like companies that, are, that have just started with, with data analytics, just maybe starting to collect data that are at a different stage than companies that perform uh, prescriptive analytics or even predictive analytics. But not everybody is there uh, from the beginning. And uh, so it depends on that maturity level. But generally, every company should, should really consider starting it uh, and, and perform data analytics now.
0: Thank you. We've been talking in this session about obviously conveyor and sortation systems and being able to get data on what's going on within those systems and and other systems around them. But Mark, let me turn to you and ask, what are the real consequences of downtimes when we do have conveyor and sortation systems that go down?
3: Right, well, uh, you know, I've heard some statistics that, you know, 46% of unplanned downtime is due to hardware failure and malfunction. Uh, we've seen, uh, recently 80% of companies have experienced some type of downtime over the past three years. And 70% of those are really unaware of the fact that their assets need to, to have maintenance or need an upgrade. Uh, you know, the age of material handling equipment is 15.6 years old in an average uh, distribution center or warehouse. So, um, you know, that, that sets up for, um, uh, um, uh, you know, a legitimate, uh, business case to put in some analytics to, um, you know, prevent downtime. Um, we, we think that, uh, we've seen customers show us that downtime can average uh, up to $160,000 an hour, uh, if it's unplanned. So the impact of, um, downtime is significant, especially in, um, in e-commerce and, and facilities that, that have to run 24 seven. Thank you.
0: Let's turn to a different topic now. And Evan, I'd like to ask you about digital twins. It's a, a, obviously something we've written about in the magazine. There's a lot of talk and a lot of buzz about digital twins, but first of all, can you define and describe what digital twins are? Then what is the value and can benefits be unlocked from digital twins?
4: Sure, yeah, I mean, it's a hot topic right now. and you know digital twin is a virtual rendering of the real world and it's a virtual rendering of the kinematics or mechatronics it's a could be a virtual rendering of the automation code and execution systems that are uh, being fulfilled inside that application you know it's really a, it's a new way i think of uh, engineering because you can move into this virtual world and test things out you can manipulate a design very easily you don't have to make any physical investments in material Um, your engineers can collaborate in it like there's a bunch of transformation happening just because of this digital twin enablement i don't think it's a new topic inside this industry i think to be honest i think the material handling industry has been one of the leaders in this because of the scope and size of a lot of the implementations that go on but where i really see it paying big dividends is in two places of course one Uh, You're eliminating errors and your time to market is becoming way greater because you're able to design in a virtual environment, test in a virtual environment. So when you commission, the commissioning time is is far reduced. I think that's a huge win for most of the suppliers. But I also think then the end users are starting to get more intelligent about how they can get more end-to-end simulations of, of their whole ecosystem. And it's not limited to the four walls of their warehouse, even though that's where most people go, but you know, these tools are are broad and they can be vast. And, and really when you think about it, uh, a lot of times some of the disruptors are not the technology itself, but a lack of workforce. And you can model that inside of these types of software. So you can make a digital twin of really your whole operation. I think that's becoming quite interesting for, for many of these companies.
0: Agreed, thank you. Um, we've been talking obviously about collecting data and things. So let me turn to you, Dan. How can someone actually get and obtain the data from different conveyors and sorter systems? And then how can those systems be connected to the internet, such as through an IoT cloud?
1: Well, um, yes, uh, conveyors and sorters are controlled by smart devices, such as PLCs, variable frequency drives, motion controllers, and all these devices uh, can collect performance data during production. For example, conveyors are controlled by a variable frequency drive, a VFD or an interface card, depending on the conveyor. Um, And these VFDs or interface cards can not only send signals, but they can also collect data, for example, speed, current, precision, faults, and so on, which later on can be sent to a PLC or a motion controller via the different industrial communication networks, field buses. So using these PLCs or motion controllers as a bridge, data can become widely available uh, through the network horizontally or vertically, This is where we can create the connection between the OT world, the operational technology and the IT world, which is the information technology. Um, in the IT world, information technology, this is where we manage the data and the flow of digital information. Basically, this is where the factory floor meets the inner of things or the IoT cloud. At this point in time, we can start talking about converting the physical process of the conveyors and the disorders into digital information. Uh, essentially, this leads into topics like conditioning monitoring, predictive maintenance, artificial intelligence, machine learning, remote support, advanced analytics. So we are taking all this process data, utilizing it and making it available to us so we can make decisions based on that. Very good.
0: In looking at uh, the technologies that we're discussing today, Obviously, we, we also look ahead to see what else might be happening within the distribution center. So Divya, I'd like to ask you what disruptive technology do you see impacting operations of distribution centers in the future?
5: Well, I mean, as you see, we, we've been talking about you know the fourth industrial revolution, the Industry 4.0, uh, collecting from data from the, from the shop floor, taking it for analytics. So if you really break down to see what's happening in the industry uh, at large, there's the data collection side and then there's the analytics side, whether you do it as a big data analysis up in the cloud or, or any other analytic software like condition monitoring and others as such. So we see a lot of this happening, but there is a potential uh, that there, there's a lag between the cloud and the shop floor because you know round on the distribution floor, you, decisions have to be made much faster as conveyors are moving at a higher speed. What we see uh, from us is, is uh, smarter sensors you know, sensors have a lot of computing power built into them now. The modern day sensors have microchips and have a lot more computing power. And we're seeing a lot more of the machine, the, the sensors, not just sensing, but also thinking. So you'll see a lot more action, a lot more, uh, you know, analysis being, coming close. We, we hear about some edge devices for bringing some of the, getting rid of the latency and bringing some of the computing power down to the edge, but we are seeing it. Very similar to what you see in the IT industry, the IIoT, the Industrial Internet of Things, and that is pretty much what our sensors are going to be. So you'll see a lot more smart sensors directly doing analytics, doing some kind of computing, and giving you some alerts, events, that, or predictive analysis that's
0: happening in, and that's what we see coming across. Sebastian, what do you think are some of the risks of data analytics?
2: I think many companies perceive, of course, the, the risk to be fairly high. Although, if you think about it, um, data analytics really just considers, uh, like it, it accesses data that the, the machine has locked or the, the sensors have locked. So, there's really a very low risk to uh, impact it, the operation of the machine. Um, of course, there is always the risk, you know, that that it's data. However, um, and, and the data security aspect. However, the, uh, the data security is obviously something that, you know, many companies in our industry have been aware of for for a long time, not only for data analytics, but also in, in general for the controls, et cetera. So um, that data security aspect um, plays a role, but we're we're really, if you consider how many companies nowadays store their emails in the cloud and so on, so really that risk is not much higher than than other business risks, especially if you consider that uh, we're talking machine data and not personal or credit card information, etc. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to downplay that risk, of course, of data security and and data leaking. Uh, however, I think the the potential of data analytics and the, the opportunities it brings uh, greatly outweigh those uh, risks. And uh, especially considering that uh, most of the, the companies in the industry really uh, you know, are aware and, and are doing anything possible to uh, eliminate that data security risk or minimize it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Mark, next question, I'd like to turn to you and ask a little bit about asset management. And we've all heard that that should be a critical component of your conveyor and sortation operation strategy. What advancements have been made with new technology in IoT and data analytics?
3: Yeah, so data analytics has progressed uh, along with uh, IoT 4.0. we uh, provide something called Asset Performance Management 4.0, where you know, in the past, uh, it's been mostly data monitoring, uh, which is good, but not really good enough. You can get basic uh, visualization of, of information and notifications and alerts. Um, but we've seen that progress to more condition monitoring, where you can determine the health of the asset, you know, what kind of wear and age stress level it's uh, seeing, uh, for example, a sorter, uh, and and what failures might might happen. Um, but then we can move on to a more predictive uh, analytics, uh, using some advanced statistical treatments and machine learning, um, pulling data to the cloud, doing some analytics in the cloud, um, modeling the, the asset. Um, and and then we can move from there to more prescriptive analytics, uh, improve the the reliability of the asset by looking at how how often it's used, what what uh, what performance we're getting from it is is the performance uh, adequate for the the demand on the asset. Um, so uh, as we've uh, progressed with uh, big analytics, we've been able to. To provide more and more sophisticated uh, analytics and 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 do that, um, you know, from anywhere from the electrical power to the to the to the warehouse. So, the, so from the grid all the way down to, uh, as I said earlier, the the motor or as some others said, the the drive that's actually operating the the asset. So. We can be uh, as sophisticated as you want. There are opportunities now to do analytics um, uh, without as increased invasion into the the equipment by using some motor current signature analysis technology where we can just put uh, current transformers in a control panel and uh, look at the waveform. uh uh, distortion of the electrical current and that can tell us a lot about the rotating equipment and what's happening at the motor and the conveyor level so we've gotten a lot more sophisticated in our abilities um
0: to uh, to do predictive and prescriptive analytics thank you mark evan let me ask you besides digital solutions what are some new trends to enable more intelligent and flexible conveyance systems
4: Yeah, I I mean, to me, we spend a lot of time talking about this digital world, and I think it's a wonderful spot for, you know, investigation and thought and ideation. But uh, I I think there are some other, I think, transformational capabilities out there that are more, um, I'll say, mechanically oriented, whether it's robotics or AMRs, those are the obvious ones. Um, But I I look at uh, some of the intelligent conveyance applications that are coming to market, and you know, this idea of a independent cart movement through the warehouse or through a logistics center that give you, uh, I'll say, a new level of flexibility in the conveyance uh, with, I think, really high throughput. So speeds are good, accuracy is good, track and trace is good. Um, But I think above all, flexibility is outstanding. And, And that's actually the trend that I think is going to challenge most of these operations as you know these consumer trends change e-commerce becomes more popular i want my own personalized order it's driving all kinds of challenge into the fixed assets that exist today and i think there needs to be a transformation even of those assets the conveyance of you know moving something from point a to point b probably needs to be rethought and how can i move it from Point A to point C and skip point B. Maybe it's no longer a serial process, but a parallel process. This is type of intelligent conveyance that I think is worthy of some further discussion. And and the technology is here today. You don't have to wait for it. Um, So I don't know. That's one of the thoughts that crossed my mind when you asked that question.
0: Thank you, Dan. I'd like to ask you a little bit about um, with the growth that we've had in e-commerce, new demand. Obviously, that's pushed a lot of what happens in Facilities these days. So, how are the different IoT solutions, digital, uh, the business digitalization, going to help overcome some of the current and future challenges dealing with e-commerce, and will this also to help improve efficiency?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, nowadays we all we're all ordering from online, and that increase happened last year with the current events uh, in everybody. Kind of went from going into an actual physical store to ordering online. So yes, e-commerce has increased, the demand has increased, and businesses have to adjust to that. Uh, so it is really important to for us to increase productivity in order for us to get our goods, not in 24 hours, not in a couple of days, but in a matter of hours. So again, the whole purpose of collecting data is to increase productivity. And at the end, what we're trying to do is increase quality. Uh, decreased production time and decreased cost, right? So when we talk about increasing quality, uh, we're talking about applying conditioning monitoring and applying modules in our uh, conveyors and sorters that can detect anomalies. Uh, We, with that data or with those, uh, I guess, uh, variables, we can actually make better decisions to avoid bottlenecks and to make sure that the system is running like it should. With that in mind, we can not only make sure that the system's running like they should, but we can increase quality. And quality cannot be just applied to the product, but quality of service to a a customer, to a client. Uh, Now, when we talk about decreased production time, uh, we can talk about digital twins. We mentioned that earlier. By applying digital twins, now we can virtually uh, commission systems or we can save time in the engineering portion of it which means that we can take a whole system and turn it around a lot quicker. And that translates into a micro fulfillment center or distribution center to be up and running a lot quicker. Um, So for companies, it's not about saving money on the engineering, but we're also talking about uh, making sure that when we're providing the after sale support that we can potentially be more efficient at doing that. Uh, We are going from taking a guy from point A to point B to having that guy in point A service your system immediately. Now, last point here is decreasing cost. Uh, At this point in time, we can talk about applying predictive maintenance or advanced analytics. With with enough data, we can actually feed the machine algorithms. That's a topic that we're talking nowadays uh, to optimize not only the production, but more important to avoid major disruption in our factory floor. How do we do that? Well, uh, with enough data, we can, actually say, we can actually say that we can detect when a motor is getting overheated. Well, motor is, the motor didn't used to run this hot, but now it is. So something is going on. Maintenance guys, supervisors, management is gonna be able to detect this and say, we need to stop production in a controlled manner, replace the motor and then run it again, rather than production stopping at 1 a.m. in the morning then becomes a little bit more difficult to get the system up and running because you don't know what, what went wrong. Could it be, it could be the belt, it could be the motor, but with the uh, systems nowadays, you're able to detect all these data points and you're able to make decisions based on that data.
0: Thank you. Yeah, looking at the, um, the, the data that is available within facilities today, Divya, how do you see smart sensors and intelligent sensors being used within distribution centers? some possible use cases or ways in which that information is used?
5: Yeah, Mark just mentioned earlier that majority time I think he used the statistics 46% of downtime is because assets are hardware failure. Uh, One of the most common failure is is a sensor failure. You know, a lot of times uh, if you had, well, we're talking about prescriptive and analytics which tells you about the condition health of overall machine, but a lot of times you you miss that if you actually, the, the data that is providing into the algorithm starts failing. Now, as the sensors are moving smarter and smarter, a lot of the diagnostic information, I mean, I'll use a very simple example. You look at your thermostat, you used to have a regular thermostat, now look at you, you have a real advance, like a Google Nest or something else that gives you a lot more information. That is the sensor. The sensors are getting much more smarter. We have cameras that can actually tell you when the lenses are getting dirty, you know, so that doesn't affect the performance of the lines as things are moving through. So there's, you'll see a lot of the analytics moving closer and closer to the actual point where the data is being generated and a lot of the analytics. And that's, that is where we see a lot more of uh, computing power, analytics, prescriptive stuff's coming right down as close to where uh, the actual, actual uh, the problem is. And then, of course, the analytics always will be there for prescriptive modeling of the whole asset and throughput. But that's where we see, uh, I mean, a lot more of the technology disruptive stuff's coming in.
0: Thank you. Let me turn to you, Sebastian. What type of companies do you think should consider implementing the use of data analytics for their operations?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've heard today already, uh, Evan mentioned uh, the need for flexibility that a lot of companies are looking for. And uh, and Divya just talked about, you know, how machines are getting more like smarter and the uh, uh, sensors, et cetera, getting smarter and smarter. But I'd like to also, you know, Point out that uh, warehouses are getting a lot more, becoming more complex, right? So I would say any company really that is experiencing this increasing complexity of the warehouses, with you know increasing automation um, in in their warehouses and distribution centers, I think those companies should especially consider looking into data analytics because um, nowadays with you know the, the more uh, variables uh, that you know, operations managers have to consider. It is so much harder for them to make decisions, and really, that's in the end. You know, any any company has, and, and any operations team has to make a lot of critical decisions day in and day out. So, so really, it helps anyone making those decisions. And as I said, you know, um, uh, changing from uh, the what I uh, what I think to what I know. So making those critical decisions based on the facts. So um, that really covers any company, but to be a little bit more specific, I think also those companies that are experiencing a higher, you know, demand from the pandemic, which covers again, a lot of companies out there, of course. And, um, and that you know required that increased like availability of the machines, especially during those times of high demand, which which now are even longer and longer. Not only November and December, but really you know throughout the year. And then lastly, I would point out that you know companies um, that have that interaction between um, the, the human uh, aspect and the machines those companies should also consider data analytics um, because one of the important aspects of data analytics is that it can bring together human operators better with the machines. And that's something that's often overlooked. Um, It is not only the machine that needs to be optimized, but it is that interface of human operators and machines that need to uh, work seamlessly together. So if companies are in a situation where they would like to uh, improve that and where they have both machinery and uh, to the, the human operators, I think then they should also look into data analytics.
0: Very good. We've talked about the kind of company that should be looking at it. So Mark, let me ask you, how does someone get started on an asset performance journey for a conveyors and sortation system using IoT analytics?
3: Right, thanks. Um... Yeah, I you know it's a it's a journey, right? So I think others have mentioned uh, you know you have to um, begin with the end in mind. What, what are you actually trying to uh, do in your business? Are you you're trying to improve your asset performance, your the reliability of your assets, uh, uh, the overall equipment effectiveness? Um, and <clears throat> you can start with you know a single piece of equipment. You don't have to start with the whole facility, um, or a certain uh, transport sortation line uh, could be uh, targeted first. Uh, but you really want to bring in some experts uh, to consult with you on the uh, on the asset. Uh, you know, go into some deep uh, uh, knowledge uh, on the on the asset. What what some of the history has been? What some of Expectations are, and and then you're going to have to work with the whole staff in the facility, right? So the the operations people, the maintenance people certainly have um, have a lot of knowledge and and can provide value to the solution. Uh, the IT, uh, as we said earlier, and the OT, and even the HR department um, certainly can play into uh, some of the factors that can make it successful or not. And then you wanna develop a, a roadmap based on some real smart objectives that are measurable and timely and that you can implement something and scale it over time. Um, once you get results and you prove success with your your implementation. So, um, and, and, and you also need to look at your infrastructure, your staff, not only, but your your existing uh, facility um, assets, you know, and what you're planning in the future. So all those things uh, uh, can help for a successful uh, digital journey.
0: Right, and I think it's important to note that you don't have to do everything all at once. Just begin, take the low, low-hanging fruit, and begin the process, and learn from it. I think is really important. Dan, right. let me ask you, what are some of the benefits that you've seen of interfacing conveyors and sorters into an IoT solution? So basically, what's the value add? We've talked a lot of the benefits, but what have you seen or how would you sum up some of those values and those benefits?
1: Well, this is a very interesting question. I mean, this is what the management, the executives are gonna, are gonna be looking for, right? Uh, when right. they talk about digital transformation, uh, digitalization, cloud computing, they're all thinking about dollar signs flowing and no return on their investment. Uh, So this is a very important topic to address before you even start developing a business plan for your digital transformation. So before we can actually talk about digitalization, we need to ask the question as to what is digital thinking? Uh, So we can define that by saying that digital thinking is formed based on the digital transformation and the design thinking. Those two together become your digital thinking. But a better way to describe this is um, by using keywords like technology, business system, processes, skills, and mindset. This is what's gonna drive that digital thinking. Uh, Now, this presents an opportunity for organizations to revisit and digitize their business in light of the new trends and technologies, That's what we need to do. That's how we're gonna create the, the value add. We don't wanna keep repeating the same thing over and over and over. Why do you, uh, you wanna apply automation to us to your factory or to your system? What, what's the real question? I'm sorry, what's the real answer on that one? So, but it is up to organizations to take the opportunity and the chance to create something better or what I like to say, something awesome uh, so the goal is to increase, again, and I mentioned this before, productivity based on data. This will lead to the benefits, which I also mentioned before, increased quality, decreased time, and decreased cost. From, from this, um, we can also create a value or a benefit, not only on the production side, but we can actually start talking about on the engineering side, designing the system all the way down to Uh, support to the after source support we can create value add how is that well on the engineering side oems can actually start going from traditional engineering to virtual engineering early on we talked about digital twins yes digital twins can be applied to prove a concept virtually to commission a system virtually to train our our clients or customers virtually that all becomes or that all creates a value add how is that it becomes more efficient, less resources, less time, less money. But we can also start talking about on the after-sale support the system is running. We can start talking about keeping the system running, minimizing disruption, or like I mentioned before, we don't have to wait 24 hours or 48 hours to somebody for somebody to come in and help me get my system up and running. With all these digital tools and with my business being already digital, I can actually have somebody help me out from west coast to support my system on the east coast or vice versa so that is the value add and that's what we need to make sure management and executive sees because that is what's going to give you your return that is what's going to put out there the value of the whole digital transformation
0: all of you have worked with clients to be able to implement digital solutions Evan, I'd like to ask you, what are some of the best practices that you've seen in helping clients implement their digital solutions for warehousing and fulfillment operations?
4: Yeah, I think that um, we're all kind of swirling around all the same topics here, which is, you know, proper leveraging of the information, understanding the problems to be solved. Um, you know, taking on the right scope. I, I really like what Mark said about scaling into, and I think David, you backed it up, like you don't do all things at, at once. But I would say that, um, you know, as I look at it, I think that there is some elegance to the systems that are tied together from the ground floor up to the top floor to have the, I'll say a unification of the result across the organization. So, uh, as I start solving a problem in a particular aspect of a plant or I'll well, say a fulfillment center, uh, and then I can cascade that upward to larger benefits, I can cascade that upward to enterprise benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Like to me, people who are thinking along those lines and again applying the right analytics in the right spots, they're really driving some very interesting results, transformative results inside their, their organizations. And again, they didn't start there, in my opinion, at the very least, the customers I've dealt with, they've started small, they've grown into it, but they had, I I would say, some vision as well. So, you know, to me, is vision a best practice? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But, you know, what what I think they found, and I imagine if I quizzed all my other panelists here, it's really the collaborative partnerships that help get the best results. So when you work with a vendor with a a supplier, a system integrator, a machine builder, when you all come together to solve that common problem, and data is part of it, information is part of that, it's not just, again, the mechanical delivery of a system. Thinking in those terms, those are the best practices that I'm seeing pay the biggest dividends when you have a thoughtful process and you really get after those things. Again, we're, we're probably saying that a couple different ways on this panel. But I think it's because it's real. Like in the end, people are trying to figure this out, and you know, you got to get on the journey, and it starts with stuff like this.
0: That's an excellent way to close, and um, thank you for that, and thank all of our panelists, Sebastian, Dan, Mark, Divya, and Evan, for being with us today, providing some very informative information on that digital journey and uh, what to do, how to how to get there, how to begin it. And what to get along the way. So, thank all of you for for being a part of this. This is some great stuff today. We really appreciate it. Thank you,
4: David. And and
0: we we encourage everyone who is viewing, you can check out MHI.org for more information on the companies and solutions that we talked about today. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, David. Thanks, everyone. Thank Thank you, David.